friends, welcome to the Self-Care Sisterhood Podcast, where we're all about taking action and making progress towards what matters most. My name's Brittany, and I'm a coach, community builder, and your self-care BFF. My heart is to empower and equip hardworking, purpose-driven women just like you to take care of yourself so that you can go out into your world and love and serve from that overflow. Each week, we'll tackle topics that help you show up as your best self, navigate sticking points, and get real and raw about what it takes to be on journey. I'm the founder of the Self-Care Sisterhood community, and I believe we weren't meant to do life or our journeys alone. I wanna help you live your best life. So welcome, let's dive in. Okay, I'm here with my favorite human on the planet, my husband, Charles. Charles, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Exciting. I'm so excited. You're literally our first, um, our first guest. I've always done solo episodes, so here you are. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk today. I know it's a self care sisterhood podcast, but I really think that you offer a lot of perspective that is helpful for just for our community when navigating adventure, navigating life changes, maybe navigating um, tough decisions, and your perspective i think that's what's fun about us is you're kind of the yin to my yang and sometimes the way that i share a perspective i think is a little different so i'm excited to have you thanks the big thing that we're going to navigate today is is kind of this whole florida move and just a his and her conversation with that but before we even get into that it's kind of crazy we're sitting here it's a little surreal we said that to each other today that it's kind of wild that we're like we live in this house we own this house in florida and we freaking moved here from dallas we're sitting on a bed just so that you guys can kind of be with us in real time on a bed that we're about to sell just surrounded by a whole lot of nothing <laughs> and our pods should be here in about a week and we're just doing kind of like all the prep work getting ready for whatever this next chapter is looking like, especially in this home and, and kind of trying to make this home what we want it to be. But before we even talk about Florida, I really want to back up, back up our listeners and get them kind of on the same page with us because this is not the first time we've taken a leap. This is not the first time that we've just kind of ripped the Band-Aid and, and gone on an adventure. So I want to back up actually to California. Do you want to paint a little bit of the picture of what life was like in California prior to us leaving for Texas? Sure. California was a special place. I went there and proposed to you and got you to move all the way from Miami to San Jose, Santa Clara, California. I worked for nonprofits and I rose to be the CEO of that nonprofit, won a world championship with that nonprofit. And it was, it was kind of a dream job. There's only a few of those in the, in the country. And, you know, things were fast and furious because of the part of the world that we lived in. Silicon Valley is no joke. The speed is very quick. And uh, the drum corps world, performing arts world is very quick every season every show very very just fast paced and go 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 and i think that's why you were good at it you know i mean like you <laughs> i i remember one time at i don't know maybe like three in the morning uh the phone rang there was a crisis on the side of the road with one of your touring groups and i mean like you were up laptop in hand like ready ready to like solve world problems <laughs> at three in the morning <laughs> um and that's just kind of like what that job was like right yeah firefighter mode most of the time yeah. Life was good though. Like we had a church that we were part of. We had a friend circle that we were part of. You were part of Rotary, all the things, right? Yeah. We seemingly had the, you know, I don't want to say the perfect life, but we had a great life. It was, it was good. Friends, family, church, 
work, all the things. I think that's important to note when you're navigating tough decisions that life doesn't have to be bad to make changes, right? Yeah, and that's, you know, we had all those things, but we continue to dream bigger and dream more. And sometimes your surroundings limit that. And sometimes the part of the world that you're in can limit that. Your circle friends can limit that. Not that our circle friends was limiting any of that, but just because you leave something doesn't mean that anything is bad. Yeah. And that was a lesson I learned. I, I didn't, I always thought that when you left something, it's because it was a bad, it was bad. It was no longer, it should no longer be a part of your life. And I realized that leaving California and even in this leap leaving Texas, that you can leave really good things and lay them down to open up space maybe for even better things, right? Yeah. There was an analogy. I remember sitting with you. We were in our tiny house that we were renting in San Jose, California, and you were navigating, well, we were really navigating this decision together of whether we should leave California and pursue this new job opportunity that you had in Texas. And I remember us sitting there on the on the floor in our living room, and we kind of talked about a lifeboat analogy. Would you walk us through that? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, just talking about people pray and ask God for things, and it's like, oh, give me a sign or help me out of this situation. And a little life-saving ring floats by. And it's like, okay, grab onto that tiny little thing. It's like, no, 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 no. The big, the big boat is coming to save me. And so you let it float by. You let that tiny little thing keep going. And then, you know, the next thing you know, there's a little raft with maybe one person. And you're like, oh, this one person. There's no way this one person can help me. You're like, no, go on. God's sending me a, a big ship to save me. So the next thing, by the time, by the time the, the big thing arrived, you've, you've let so many other smaller opportunities go by. And sometimes those smaller opportunities, the thing for me that I realize is that tiny little life raft will help you survive to the next bigger life raft. And then the next thing you know, you're not surviving, you're, you're growing. And then you can float down the road, float down the, (laughs) float down the river, uh, (laughs) and and make it to the next to the next step and and that's to me that's what a lot of a lot of what life is about and and i know it's a scary thing for a lot of people it was scary for us it was scary for me to let go of things for the next step yeah for sure i think that's really powerful to think about we pray for things but then god sends an answer and it wasn't what we thought it was going to be so we wait and we don't do anything when really that was like that was the save that was the life raft and for us i i remember thinking life was really good with friend circle with church with our job but when this new job opportunity presented itself to go to texas the biggest thing that opened up for us was the opportunity of what our future would look like 10 years down the road do you remember kind of looking at that yeah that i mean that was the ultimate decision maker it's like okay not even 10 years just five years in five years, what could we have or what would we want? And in California, to be quite honest, it was it was impossible to kind of see ourselves owning a home. And we knew we wanted to own a home. We knew we wanted to spend more time together, which we weren't doing a ton of. We were doing the best we could. We know we wanted to try and start a family. You know, there's all these things that we want wanted to have and see happen in the first five years. And those conversations are what made it like, okay, this is, uh, this is okay leaving. Because the new opportunity in Texas allowed those things. Yeah, for sure. And I think it opened up a lot of communication for us. And so that would be one piece of advice. You know, anybody who's navigating something challenging or taking a leap or just 
on the fence about something, we really asked ourselves not about like what that would look like immediately, but what that would look like out in the future. And that that communication for us was really, really helpful when we could look at like the opportunity ahead if we took that leap. So that was a hard decision for us to leave California and go to Texas. And I'm certain someone listening might be navigating something similar, maybe navigating leaving a job or just taking a leap in general. What are some helpful ways that you remember in that season navigating that tough choice? Ooh, I mean, kind of some of the things that we talked about, like sitting down and having conversations with yourself, with God, with your partner, with your family, with your friends of like, what would what would a great day look like? What would a great week look like? What would a great month look like? And when you can start articulating those things, the word, a word that me and you use a lot is community. And that was the hardest thing to leave California. And honestly, one of the hardest things for me to leave Texas was, you know, leaving, leaving that work community. Cause I helped, I helped rebuild that work community after the whole COVID thing. And so that was, that was really difficult. So I remember having conversations about community, what, what do we want our friendships to feel like? What do we want our family to feel like? How did we want to interact with our community? And when you can start saying those things and then you just you just point yourself in the right direction and you, you just take the first step. Cycling community was big for me in Dallas and it never just really happened. And I think part of it was just kind of where we where we lived, the part of town we lived in. But I think here in Florida, it'll be different. I mean, we're living on a bicycle trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen, we picked a house in Florida that is six minutes from the beach in one direction. And then right out our backyard, we can get on the Pinellas Trail, which is 54-ish miles, right? Babe? Yeah, like 50, yeah. 50 miles of safe paved trail that you can run, you can do dog walks on, and for hubs, cycling. Okay, so that's kind of like navigating California. And I, I really do think that that season helped bring us closer in terms of communicating what we really wanted beyond the here and now. You know, we, you said it earlier that life was so fast paced. And I come across this all the time with women that I'm chatting with or working with in the membership where life is so fast that there's just, there's no time for self-care, but there's no time to even like think about what you'd want a future to look like. And so I'm grateful that we found and created the space to do that because that opened up doors then to get us to Texas, to be able to have maybe more space to start really navigating what we wanted. So, okay, we got to Texas, you took a leap, new job. And I think Texas was a special season. I think we can probably both agree on that, maybe for different reasons, but um, it's always going to be a special place for me, at least. One thing I love personally watching in your journey while we were there was how much you allowed yourself space to slow down. So like on that same note, slowing down, you know, I've got women who are go, go, go. There's just no space in life for self-care. There's no space in life to even consider a future. And you're a workhorse by nature. I love that about you. And I know your initial instinct is never rest. It's just not. <laughs> uh, so can you talk about slowing down as somebody who chronically does not want to slow down? It's uncomfortable for you. In Texas, I think that was like, that was the ultimate transformation I watched in your journey was Texas forced you a little bit to slow down. So can you talk about slowing down and maybe what that's looked like for you? Maybe if that was like, the challenges behind that too yeah, and, and what no, helped there, you there was definitely i mean slowing down in texas was also like this whole thing that all of us experienced across the world was you know the whole covid situation yeah. 
but I remember having moments where we would be sitting in the backyard and I'd have I'd have anxiety for just to simply put it like anxiety about sitting still and being being quiet in a moment and honestly like a lot of that is just because that's what I've done my entire life having having somebody like you who we we have these conversations and I know not everybody has these conversations and I know I'm not the easiest one to have these conversations (laughs) with Uh, I have to be talked into some of these and and Brittany and I don't just sit around and have these deep conversations all the time probably seven times out of ten I just look at her and she knows not right now (laughs) like this is this is not a conversation that's not going to happen right now but she plants seeds and gets me thinking about things. And so back to the whole slowing down thing, part of it, I think for me, was realizing why, asking myself why I can't slow down. And some of that was just letting go. I, in my early 20s, all my 20s, I had just this constant mindset of the whole, you're either living or dying. <laughs> you're either making money or you're losing money. Yeah. And so like I literally just programmed my hustle that way. And, and believe me, I... I I love a good hustle, but what I love more about that is a planned out hustle. And that's that's something that I think that both of us are developing a lot in this last in this last six months is like I'm going to achieve these things. When I when I do achieve it, we should celebrate that that little win and be able to relax and slow down. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this new job that I'm getting into is going to allow space for that as well, because I do like to work really hard. and I do like to grind and hustle. But I also, when I'm on vacation mode or I'm on off mode, I like to be off. It took me a while to realize that about myself. Slowing down isn't a bad thing. Just like hustling isn't a bad thing. Grinding it out isn't a bad thing. Yeah. But slowing down also means planning out that slowdown. Like planning out our days off, planning out our veg out days, planning out in like having that be part of the grind and part of the hustle is that slow down. And it's so funny because I'm the planner, I feel like, of of our household. I'm the planner. I, yeah, I agree. But I mean, I think we're both planners at heart. I think we are. Yeah. Because you you know me, I love a good rule, but I also like to make the rules. (laughs) Yeah. And I love a good, my people know I love a good meal plan. (laughs) Yeah. And I love my planner and like, I love having a game plan. I don't, I don't do well, like on vacations where you're just like, let's see where it takes us. Like, nope. <laughs> I want to <laughs> know, like on Monday, we're going to be at the pool and on Tuesday we're doing the beach. And then on Wednesday, we're going to go explore this like part of town. You know, I like having a good plan, but I think that's, I think that ties into what you're saying with slowing down. Just like you said, you have to plan for this. If you're light, if you're letting life just take you every single day, day by day by day, and you never have a game plan for your direction. I think you just mentioned that, like knowing what direction you're trying to go, it changes everything. And slowing down actually requires understanding your priorities. I right? remember I remember when we had a lot of conversations about seasons. You remember us talking about seasons? And- yeah. And I think the biggest aha that we we talked about, and and I'm sure we read it in a book or podcast, sermon, something. Farmers don't constantly plant all year round. Oh yeah. You have to plant. (laughs) You have to water. You have to like you have to do all the things, and then you get to actually harvest, and then you actually get to rest. Like that that is a beautiful part of the cycle. And I I remember you like harping on me about that. And yeah. that was the hard thing is like you can't be in plant mode all the time. You can't be in harvest mode all the time. Like it's a cycle, it's a season. But part of that part of that cycle is rest. Absolutely. I'm laughing over here because um my husband is telling us 
all about gardening and how to plant crops and we are literally terrible at it <laughs> like in real <laughs> yeah. life like not yeah. even the analogy or the metaphor for it we're we actually can't grow food crops to save our life yeah, <laughs> so i'm just laughing but it is a it's a beautiful analogy when you think of it like that and you even think of the seasons you know i crack up because new year's resolutions are always set in the winter like what a terrible time to set like i'm going all in on this goal when like naturally in the world everything's going inward and hibernating you know like trees go inward plants die like grass is not growing animals like nature teaches us so much about the rhythms too and when I started to become aware of that, I was like, wow, like, why am I fighting the rhythm, the natural rhythms? You know, the sun is, is there's less sun in the wintertime. And then, of course, now there's more sun in the summertime. So naturally, we want to be more active. And, and why don't we set our goals and, and our pace of life kind of also surrounding the rhythms of nature, too? And yeah, that's a perfect example. Okay, speaking of seasons, <laughs> we've talked a lot about this idea of waiting well and a lot of our journey, I think, together, especially as we were going through Texas in the very beginning stages of it, it felt like waiting. Like, again, if I could take people back, we were long distance. When you proposed to me, I was living in Miami, Florida. He was out. Charlie was out in California. And that season felt like waiting, waiting for me to get to California. And then when we got to California, life was just fast paced there. But then it was like waiting to leave for Texas. Then it was like we were waiting to build our house and then the house was built and we were waiting and waiting it's for just, COVID to be over. waiting for co exactly and everything's just felt like a waiting season and I come across this a lot with people where they're in waiting seasons so a lot of our journey I feel like for me has felt like waiting and then I kind of had this epiphany probably this year over the last year or so where I was like maybe I'm not waiting and I would talk with you about this too like maybe we're just living <laughs> Like maybe this is what life is like. Like you go between high point to high point. And I think a lot of times we get caught in the waiting seasons because we, I don't know, we, we either slow down or we, we go stagnant. We get paralyzed from the waiting. And for us, we've really come across this idea of waiting well. Like how do we wait well? And so for anybody who's listening that's in a waiting season right now, like what advice would you give them? Because we've been in plenty of waiting seasons. Yeah, and, I, and it waiting waiting well is, is an interesting thing to think about because some people can take waiting in the water, like you're just like not moving. But if you're waiting for the next thing, are you are you waiting with your eyes closed or you're waiting with your eyes open? And I think I think that was the thing that we had to realize when we we said, okay, maybe this is just life, and maybe waiting well is. I keep thinking, like, Brendan Bouchard always says, life by design, life by design. And to me, if you're waiting for something or someone to come push you around, that's when I, you just feel awful. I've told you this before. Every semester when I was in college, and I was in a lot of semesters because I, <laughs> I was there a long time, I would get so stricken with stress and anxiety at the end and beginning of semesters because I didn't know what was next. I was just, I was waiting to be told what to do. It stressed me out so much. I didn't know if I was going to have enough money to, to make it to the next semester. One thing that we do well in waiting is we actually get our calendar out every few every few weeks. And we say, okay, the nuts and bolts part. Like, we know we have this event. We know we have to do that. We got to pick this up. This is getting delivered. We want to go to the neighbor's baseball game. We want to have the neighbors come swimming. Like, we know the things, the nuts and bolts of those things. But then we talk about, like, okay, 
while we're waiting for this big mega vacation event something that's going to happen what can we do to to fill in the cracks and some of that is is Mm self-care well i guess to me a lot of it is self-care like deciding how you want to wait set little mini goals like all right i'm gonna ride my bike twice twice a week this week or i'm going to read a book or i'm going to have dinner with my friends realizing that if you're waiting with your eyes closed that's when it feels ugh. But if you're waiting with your eyes open and you're waiting with intention and praising God along the way, everything, everything can be just waiting with your eyes open in anticipation. So I don't know if I gave any tips in that. (laughs) I think, but that's, it's sound advice that again, it's, it's an ownership. It's taking ownership of the between seasons. It's taking ownership between point A and point B and saying, what do I do with the space between? If that space between the things that I'm waiting for, I'm using to improve myself mind body spirit then i'm gonna get to the other side a version of me that's going to handle whatever that next level is so much better you know i i don't think you and i would have been ready like if even if i look at like california to to this moment here in florida i think we we grew so much in texas together as a couple but individually and i think that had we gone from california to this florida move it would have been very different like we needed that season in the middle to almost like prune us and build our character and pull out skills in us that we didn't know existed. And Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Brendan Burchard and you, you mentioned life by design. I think that's a huge asset for us in our family, in our house, is that we really do try to be intentional with what we want our life to look like. We don't always get it right and it's not perfection every day. But well, we it's make... not controlling every day either because sometimes stuff happens. Like Amen. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you get sick. Sometimes your dog gets sick. Sometimes your toilet starts leaking water. (laughs) Stuff happens. All real things that have happened in our life. But life by design, I think it's, it has to start with focus. It has to start with a priority. It has to start with an intention. And again, it doesn't have to be the same, you know, this is a his and hers moment where we get to hear our different perspectives. I think it's important to note that you don't have to have the same priorities and intentions as your spouse. You know, there's been so many times where people will be like, oh, because you're with Brittany, you must have to do X, Y, and Z or eat X, Y, and Z. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, just because it's my priority doesn't mean it's his and vice versa. Um, But we did do a couples retreat actually in the heart of the pandemic. It was a virtual couples retreat that we attended. And I remember one of the exercises that they had us do during that retreat was we kind of just did like a a dump of well I, I'm pretty sure they had words right mm-hmm. yeah okay so we got these like printable workbooks and they had pages of just words that would be like words that would describe your values and like I think they had us go through and circle right yeah. like circle all the words that just kind of spoke yeah. to us yeah well I think I think they kind of did the opposite like scratch out the words that don't pertain to you got it and got then it. it was like circle the ones that kind of you think if someone was describing you or you were describing yourself to somebody else. Like. Yeah. Okay. So, and basically it was like this process of elimination, right? So there were a lot of words and you basically had to get rid of everything that didn't resonate with you. And then everything that was left over, you had to like take that list and cut it in half and then cut that in half and cut it in half. And basically we got to a place where we landed on our word, right? 
like the word that describes us. And your word, it kind of more of like a value too, because I've shared with this community that I pick a word every year. And this isn't like a yearly word or focus, but this is like an overarching value that kind of weaves itself through your entire life. And the word you landed on was adventure. I landed on two words. Oh, okay. Remind me. Love and adventure. Aw. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I forgot about love. <laughs> I love that for you though. That That is you. Okay, so you landed on love and adventure. Why do you think those two words are the ones that kind of encompass your values and who you are? And then also, can you share with us, how could somebody listening come come up with, I mean, I gave him like a quick play-by-play of how we did it, Mm -hmm. but how could somebody listening come up with like a word or two that really encompasses their values? How could maybe they do this with their partner? Yeah, so if you're curious, so the retreat we did was led by The One Thing. It's a great productivity system and book. If you've never checked that out, it was kind of kind of life-changing for me when I when I took on a leadership role. Another entity that does this type of thing a lot is is Elevation Church. They pick a, a church word for the year and they, they kind of set their intention with that. So you can you can do it quite simply. I'm sure you could just Google a few things. But for me, I love to take care of people, but I also I love for people to take care of me in like the whole five love languages. When I started thinking about leadership and kind of how you treat people, how you want to be treated, I mean, the simplest, most fundamental thing is love. And, you know, for me, when I think about like what makes me excited to do the next thing, to do like adventure, I've done all the all the things enneagrams and the and all the tests and all the things and it it is they they, it's it is kind of accurate i am a rule follower but i also like to make the rules and i also (laughs) which is is, y'all this is if you just like want to pray for our marriage this is why it's so tricky because he wants adventure and also wants to follow the rules (laughs) yeah it's kind of it's it's wild but and for me, those two words encompass many other words and many other things. And adventure to me is learning new things. Yeah. And I think that's I th- that excites me. And that's part of the adventure is like I'm gonna le- I'm gonna learn how to knock out this drywall today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna YouTube search how to patch these holes. Like yeah, this guy is a YouTube University grad. Yeah. So it's funny you say that about adventure because I can tell knowing adventure is your word. I can tell when you are lacking adventure. Like I can tell when you're itching for the next adventure and life is getting just a little too flat. And so I think, but has that been helpful? I can tell. Has that been helpful for you? Knowing what word kind of like encompasses your values, does that help you navigate when like, when you start feeling a little off and maybe what's wrong? Yeah, I mean, honestly, when we did that exercise and I landed on like adventure, the word adventure, when I landed on that, I'm like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. That's why I get a little boo-boo in these in-between seasons. That's why that's why I, I do like to – I am a planner at heart. Like, I do love to plan the next adventure. Like, yeah. And, yeah, it, it was kind of like a, oh, of course. Yeah. And what's cool is is I've had the opportunity to, like, do some of these things. Me and you did them in our, in, in our couple's church group. I mean, we've, we've had many conversations about – love languages and keywords and and all those things and like when you take the time to to pour into yourself and you identify those things it helps you wait well because i'm like why am i feeling this way oh because i i don't have the next thing yeah yeah and adventure then you know adventure doesn't always have to look like a new job and a new city and a new house it could just look like we planned wedding anniversary trip to big bend 
And that was adventure, like just getting to plan a trip to a national park we'd never been to. And I think that filled your like adventure cup, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I haven't, I don't think I've ever really told you this, but like just doing things I've never done before. Like we signed up to volunteer one time and we went and built beds for kids who don't have beds. Like that was, that was so fun to me because like I'd never done anything like that. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be a life changing moment. It doesn't, or, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Like you can go volunteer at a shelter. And if you, if that's not part of what you do in your normal life, that can be a great adventure. Yeah. I love that. Noted. Now I know. Okay. So Coming to Florida, when we talked about leaving California and coming to Texas, there was a lot of lifestyle changes. You noted that we were very fast paced in California and life was gonna slow down a little bit cost of living was going to be adjusted, opportunity to start a family, build a house. Like there was just, there was a lot of opportunity that fit the lifestyle we were wanting to create for ourselves. And I think that's why this leap was another yes for us because lifestyle became the allure. You, your new job, you you mentioned, you kind of have more flexibility with your work hours. There's the work from home. And it just opens up more opportunity for us in the future, I think. I believe, I, I believe wholeheartedly that any area of success requires sacrifice. We talked about opportunity, but there's opportunity cost too, right? Yeah. So can you talk about like how you look at opportunity cost when it comes to making these big decisions and taking leaps in our lives? I mean, I'll be point blank in both changes. The first and most usually difficult conversation in, in, in a lot of relationships is is the whole money talk remember when we left california i took a pay cut which yeah. was wild to think about but then you start doing you start doing the deeper dives okay i'm losing dollars but what am i gaining well the the money side of it leaving california i got like a 30 percent raise like I, heard, <laughs> I already knew that even though i lost dollars we gained value yeah and, and it was kind of the same thing here like you remember my first nervousness about taking a new job was like i'm gonna have to take a pay cut and yeah. I did. I like we we took this leap, and I took a I took a pay cut. But opportunity costs. One of the things that we we sacrificed in California was a second car. Mm. And I know not a lot of people probably realize that, but we own one car and two, yep. you know, and a couple of bicycles. Hopefully, more one day. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to sacrifice things. You sacrifice things to. I like how you say that opportunity cost. Yeah. I gave up the people I work with. I, I tend to be really good friends with by the time it's all said and done. And I gave up a lot of really close friends who I enjoyed working with. Yeah. Again, like leaving Texas, I didn't leave a job that I hated or as Misselbrot. I actually kind of really loved that job. I loved the people. I, I absolutely loved the people I was working with. You know, it's like, okay, I sacrificed those things to come to a place where, I mean, it is pretty amazing like we can go to the beach this afternoon like in 10 minutes if we want like, yeah that's that's a that's a reality if god blesses us with a child i'll have the time yeah i'll have the time to give into you know to give to give to the family that's something i sacrificed a lot in california and a little less in texas but you know i'm, I'm kind of sliding down that scale you know i'm able to give more time to myself to my health to our relationship right. to our family I spent more time with both of our families in Texas than I did at any time in California. Absolutely. And again, success requires sacrifice. So one car for a family to save money because we want to put the money into other things, sacrifice, right? For me in my business, when I first started 10 years ago, I cut the cable 
there was no TV and that was my sacrifice. You know, like there's just, there's seasons, I think. We talk about that. There's seasons where for a time period, I'm going to sacrifice one thing so that I can ultimately have success. And I think our big sacrifice right now is size of home, right? Yeah, like we so, left yeah, our neighborhood yeah. <laughs> and we left that beautiful home. So many people were like, why would you leave that home that you just built? And friends, that wasn't an easy choice, but opportunity cost. We knew, and this is something that maybe, you know, we haven't shared too much, but hopefully here in the future we will, but this leap in this job opens up space. We love, we love, love, love getting to do DIYs. We love getting to kind of flip homes essentially and make, you know, put our own little stamp on things. And that time in Texas taught us that and really showed us what a great team we were for that. And we dabbled a little with short-term rentals and just realized that that might be an opportunity five, 10 years down the road that we really want to be immersed in. And this new job offers the time, the space for you to be fully present in that and, and just be able to create, the, again, create that life by design. For me, I don't want, we're lucky to have kids, you know, I don't want father that isn't present. Like, I just don't want that. So we've had those conversations and I think you have to have those tough conversations. They're not easy to have. Like, they're really uncomfortable. I don't like having conversations like, you need to be a present father. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, I think when we do have those conversations, we, it sounds wild, but like, we kind of prep each other for those. Like, Hey, maybe later we should talk about a little bit about this. I yeah. think that's I think that's a, a healthy thing for how me and you work. Like you rarely spring a difficult conversation on me and vice versa. Yeah. Like to me that like that's a, a healthy thing. Like sometimes we prep each other for like, hey, this is coming or the last Sunday of every every month is like calendar check in day. Mm-hmm. Like we need to we need yeah. to talk about the next month. What how are we gonna do this? What dates are we gonna go on? Yeah. How are we gonna take care of each other? How are we going to take care of our family? How are we going to recognize our friends? Right. And that's, I mean, even like looking at your 40th birthday party, we were very intentional with that. My 40th coming up, we're prepping to get intentional with that. um, Now that we're settled here, just it, the opportunity cost, again, I think so much of this conversation comes back to intentionality. And when you know what your intention is, you can have short-term sacrifices for that longer-term success, right? All right. I swear we're, we're wrapping up. We're getting so close to the end here, but I got one more question for you as we wrap up. I know in my community, I talk a lot about best case scenarios, you know, trying to get our mindset into like, not what what's the worst thing that could happen, but because we go there, it's easy to go there, yeah. but what's the best case scenario? And we also talk about in this community making best self choices. And when we can kind of get more narrow with like, what's the next best choice for me that's going to help me be be and feel my best. So for you, I want to kind of talk about like what's next in the in the narrow and maybe the wide. What would be like a best case scenario in the next, you know, few years after taking this next leap to Florida? I mean, we're we're literally we literally just got here, you guys. It's it's wild. But what is let's first talk about the wide. Then we'll come in narrow. What is what is the best case scenario maybe here in a couple of years for us for you? I mean, the best case scenario is is I think what everybody, to me, in my mind, what just everybody wants is enjoying life. Mm. And to me, enjoying life is being successful at my job. Like that's that's going to be important to me. Enjoying life, doing the adventures, you know, being able to grow the things we want to grow, you know, without getting into too many details about what might come down the pipeline. But you know, one of the one of the time things that this opened up was if we do want to build another business, if we do want to build a, another community, yeah. like you're already doing it here. And it's like that to me, you know, kind of long term 
wide angle lens like how do we expand yeah how do we do that yeah and then get a little more narrow i mean enjoying life you you hit a couple different categories you said business your job success you know coming home and feeling successful in your house in relationships in our in all the areas i think especially when i talk to women in the self-care sisterhood community it's about understanding that like there's not just one area of self-care it's not just worrying i can't just sit here and only worry about my job and not give focus to any other area that doesn't mean that everything has to have equal parts and we're not going to get even into a work-life balance like yeah it's all another conversation <laughs> whole another one but everything deserves some focus right because if you give zero percent to your spiritual life it's just going to suffer right like so even if something gets a, a just a slice of it i think that's what you're talking about is like a great life everything kind of has a piece of the pie and I'm, I'm not just letting one thing completely die out i'm not letting my marriage die out because my business and my work is going well i'm not like i'm not letting my environment suffer because you know i'm so focused on this other area of my life you know and so i love that that it's kind of like an overall and not comparing any of your slices to other people's instagram slices <laughs> like that's a huge to me, that's like that's like a huge like when we get into a rut. It's like we live life for us. Just a, a reminder: we live life for us, yeah. and not compared to anybody else. So, last thing, let's bring it in narrow now. What are some of your best self choices that are going to help you move in that direction that you're wanting to go in the next few years? Like now that we're here, we're kind of getting settled. What are some Charlie's best, not Britney's, because people know what Britney's best self choices yeah. are. No, that, that's a fair question. It kind of goes back to the whole like, oh, well, you must have to eat the way she tells you to eat. And yeah, I mean, it makes it easy to eat well whenever you're the one cooking most of it. But things in the narrow for me, I mean, really are kind of the simple things. Like I, I definitely put on a little bit of weight in the last uh, year. Um, I, I kind of got burned out physically and then just stressed out and typically i cope with food and alcohol and i put on some weight so really like being locked in on that we're, we're going to do a little I, I don't know we haven't agreed on a timeline but probably a seven or a 30 day no alcohol stint here yeah here that's in the next definitely coming we need a little days. we need a little uh cleanup if yep. you will uh, so yeah you know getting getting my physical self under control short term really trying to to, to lock in to my job getting good at that that that's going to make me feel good about myself mm -hmm. and really kind of exploring this community that we're in now. We've been blown away about how nice people are here in the Seminole, uh, St. Petersburg area. Like you guys, everybody's so nice in Tampa. Like everybody's so she's nice. She's like, wow, we're, I'm definitely not in Miami anymore. Not, yeah. not, you know, if you're in Miami, I'm not uh, saying you're nope. rude, <laughs> but, but no, it, I mean, people have been super nice. And I, and honestly, I think it's, I think some of it has to do with the area we're in and, and I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to cycle with, I want to make friends. I want us yeah, to have church community. friends. I want to have community. So to me, like those, those three things are kind of in the very short term. You know, really kind of taking back control of my health, taking control of my uh, community and taking control of kind of my my work, my work success. I love that. And then just knowing, you know, for anyone listening, it's like when you can pinpoint the areas where you're like, I'd love to put some focus in these areas for the next month or two or three, maybe areas that, that haven't been getting the focus lately, putting the focus back. And then it's the small stuff. Like I always remind you guys on this podcast, it's the small things, not all the things. So just reminding yourself that if you're listening and you're inspired, just like, you know, Charlie said about getting locked in with your, your health, or maybe you're starting a new job and you really want to 
do well in that role, small things stacked up repeatedly over time. That's going to be your secret weapon. Well, you guys, I hope today was as much of a treat for you as it was for me. I Like I said at the top, I've never done a interview before and I knew when we were coming here that my podcast had to have a his and hers episode so that you guys could kind of hear what's going on. You get my perspective on this journey all the time and I wanted you guys to be able to get a little bit of Charlie in your life too. So thanks, babe. Thank you. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love today's topic, it would mean the world to me if you shared this on your social to help spread the word. Tag me at Inspire Beauty Brit so I can see what you're loving and learning along the way. All right, friend, till next time, let's go out there and take some action.